Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Good morning and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Chip Nellinger. Chip, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you doing, Casey? Man, if I was any better, Chip, I couldn't stand it. It's just things are just <laughs> yeah. incredible. Actually. That's uh, that's a good attitude, man. How's uh how things been? Have a good Easter? Had a great Easter. We had, uh, I, this is not an exaggeration, but maybe the, the, the nicest Easter weekend and, and uh, Easter day, uh, it may be in a couple decades, if not ever. I mean, it was, uh, it was just beautiful. We, we didn't have a cloud in the sky Saturday or Sunday. You know, up near 80 degrees, just perfect, it's beautiful. Um, so we actually had, uh, you know, some some planning activity starting off in a lot of areas um, in Illinois uh, yesterday. A little bit overcast today, and they added a little bit of chance uh, of, of some showers here today and and uh, tomorrow, and even a chance Thursday. We didn't really have that 24 hours ago, but uh, nonetheless, there's. Uh, you know, the wind blowing, the sun shining over the weekend really helped kind of get uh, the soil uh, in a little better shape. So there's some field work starting, some seed going in the ground. That's part of the reason the market, um, you know, is, has been under pressure here. Yeah. So, Yeah, I could say, you know, we had, we had great weather on Saturday, like 70 degrees, and, and the wind was blowing, uh, just a little bit of breeze, not too bad. And then we had, a, we had pretty much uh, 12 hours of rain on Sunday, started about 11 o'clock, and it finished about... Nine ten o'clock on Monday, so um, slowed things down for a little bit. But we got a lot of guys that are, uh, if they haven't gotten in the field, they're on their way there. So it's uh, it's playing season and, and things are rolling. So it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be there. So I can't help but notice over the last two and a half weeks here, we hit about four bucks about first of April, and we've uh, slowly lost about twenty cents since then. Uh, the funds are still record short, so they're selling that stuff um, whenever they need to to make their margin calls or whatever they're doing, and um, if they're down, you know. So it, that's what's driving the market. Yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of the depressing thing that you've got going on now. Funds just continue to sell it, right? And and they've got all the money and they're pushing it, um, and it's pretty one sided right now. You know, and, and you know, for all the flooding, historic flooding, and, and wet weather, and it's still wet in areas. There's still portions of Illinois and Indiana that are really wet. Down south is wet. Uh, you know, the Dakotas, particularly North Dakota, is super wet. So, but the market just doesn't get too concerned about a planning delay, right? I was talking to somebody yesterday. He's like, "Well, we we started, but we've got a planter problem. It's 48 row corn planter, right?" And uh, we plant uh, six to seven hundred acres uh, a day. Once it gets it running, right? right. So uh, yeah. we, we can plant a lot of corn and beans in a hurry. The market knows that. Uh, but with that being said, we are a long ways from a record crop. And I think you have seen the biggest acreage number. I think you're going to see some shifting, particularly in the in the mid south delta area. Um, 
and, and it's less than ideal in a lot of areas, but we've got the whole growing season ahead of us. So we're pushing this thing to an extreme right now is my point. You're coming out next week, I believe it's next Tuesday, uh, is first notice day for May futures contracts. And historically, for a long, long time, um, oftentimes you put lows in, um, you know, the old uh, order trade floor saying is you buy first notice day. You usually have liquidation going into that first notice day, uh, funds selling, farmers giving up instead of rolling basis contracts. They just say, price me out, I'm done with it. I'm depressed about this market. It's a psychological thing as much as anything. And so, you know, I'm on the alert for that. Next uh, next Tuesday is, is first notice day for May futures. And um, oftentimes that, uh, you know, kind of puts in an intermediate term low. Also, towards the end of uh, end of a month, funds uh, probably 320, 330,000 contracts short in corn. Um, they, they, you know, I don't think they're going to double that, but obviously they uh, continue to sell it. They're short uh, 80, 90,000 contracts of beans. They're short a massive amount of wheat. So at a certain point here, um, you know, we're going to kind of stabilize this thing. The moving averages will catch up to where the market is. And then you'll have the next shoe that drops, probably when it's the most bearish, um, you know, or where it appears the most bearish, where we have the, the crop in the ground and the weather patterns clear and, you know, the market will start rallying and everybody will scratch their head and, and wonder uh, why are we rallying, right? We, we have crop in the ground and it's up and growing, but it's just a function of, uh, of the money flow. But the fundamentals will win in the end, but uh, the, the, the funds have a lot of money and they'll push this thing and you know they'll, they'll push it at times that it doesn't make sense you just have to kind of follow the follow the money so to speak follow the funds and what they're doing right now they're selling it but they're not going to sell it forever i don't think uh and eventually they're going to want to get out of that and eventually we're going to have a trade deal and and that might be the the uh, spark that's needed to get the funds um you know out of some stuff so we'll, uh, we'll have to see on that, you know, every day that goes by, every week that goes by, uh, the, the, the press, the talk, the, uh, the current administration says we're, we're that much closer, we're getting close, we're real close. Any day now, Chip, any day. Any day, any second. <laughs> uh, and I do believe that. I think we're getting close, but the market doesn't care anymore. They've heard that for, yeah. what, almost a year almost now. Almost a year, yeah. Almost. Yeah. So... Um, you know, and, and it's like, well, what? <laughs> Psychologically, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Well, why would the fund sell this thing when we're going to have this massive trade deal? Well, <laughs> they've been selling it for uh, 11, 12 months now, and uh, it, they've got a lot of money made, and they know by default they're not going to get out on the low. They don't pick the top and they don't pick the bottom. Um, they just want the, the you know, middle two thirds of the move. And so they know they're not going to get out on the bottom and they're going to wait and see when there's a trade deal. If it looks decent and there's a, a large amount of, you know, U.S. ag products, particularly corn in there, then they might start getting out. But until then, uh, you know, seeing is believing, I guess. Uh, it's like the boy who cried wolf and the, the market's uh, sick of hearing about this trade deal that we're very close to. Well, that too. And, and those the funds, they have people that know things that we don't, you know, and they're going to. They're going to be able to see things coming long before, um, long before we see them coming. So they're they're going to, uh, yeah, I mean, what they're doing. I mean, yeah, it's driving the market. And it's going to kind of jack some things up for a while. But 
when it turns, it's going to turn quick. And I think we've talked about that yeah. before on here, that it's going to be a snap thing that just takes off and goes. And there's going to be little to no uh, advanced warning, and it's just going to be you're going to go to bed one night and you're going to wake up, and holy crap, it's just taking off on a tear, and, and, and that's where it's at. And um, <clears throat> I still feel bullish about corn going in, into the fall. I mean, what, what's your thought about that? Yeah, the demand is good. Uh, you can argue that, um, you know, it's it's pared back a little bit. Um, the USDA on the last report, they did they did shave a little bit of demand out things, but it's still good. Uh, exports are holding their own. We're shipping, um, you know, more than we need right now, so we're above the pace. Uh, crude oil, uh, you know, again, uh, kind of knocking on the door uh, of new highs in here. Yesterday it was up sharply uh, here again overnight. It looks like it's... It's up strong again. There's some issues with Iran. Ethanol profitability is back. It's the first time in a long, long time. Uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of animals on feed. What's happening in the in the hog market uh, is probably going to spur expansion there uh, from the U.S. Uh, you know hog producer. Um, poultry is is cranking as well. And so, point being, there's a lot of demand out there. And um, you know, any, I, I also think that you've seen the the highest. Uh, acreage number on corn that uh, that we're going to see uh, on that March end of March uh, prospective planning report. It's going to it's going to shrink from there. Uh, how much we don't know, but that will help tighten things up a little bit. And uh, and and we have to the demand so big we have to have a record crop now. Uh, the market uh, has plugged in uh, what about 176 yield. We've only done that two times in history, and um, we can certainly do it. We can exceed that. But we're a long ways from uh, from having a 176 or higher yield uh, harvested in the bin right now. So any threat uh, at all to production, and, and that can be you know, whatever that is, pre-bent plant, too hot, too dry, too wet, whatever it is, um, we could really see a spark. Here, here's the problem, though, and that's why you got to have a plan. We preach about having a plan, uh, you know, on this podcast all the time. And right now, there's you can you can almost sense it. There's a lot of give up, a lot of despair and depression about the markets. We're you know basically corn's on contract lows now. Why would it ever rally? Um, funds are short, right? So the funds are short three hundred thousand contracts. I don't. I'd have to do a little more research, but I don't think there's ever been a time in in modern history here, say the last twenty years that the funds have held, uh, number one, this short of a position this early on in the growing season, and number two, held it the entire length of the growing season and just stayed short all the way from the time we planted to the time we harvested and just kept the pressure on things here, right? So when the shoe does uh, does drop here um, and the funds start getting out of 300,000 contracts, it's going to rally the market. And psychologically, everyone's depressed about the market. They're going to sell the first rally. When December corn, new crop corn futures gets back to $4, everybody's going to sell that. And the funds will likely just be um, out of their short position. It'll rally the market 15, 20, 25 cents. Farmers are going to sell that. Uh, and the funds will just be, they don't just get out, right? They, they usually overshoot. They're going to go from a 300,000 short to 150, 200,000 long position. That's what they do. Uh, that's 500,000 contracts they're going to buy. I'm just throwing round numbers out here. Um, so it's psychologically it's setting the farmer up to sell early. And and, and that's okay. He, he should. You need to sell at profitable levels. But there's also some potential opportunities here 
uh, where you could be buying some cheap out-of-the-money calls for that next uh, rally uh, to sell into. Um, you could use puts instead of sales on the route. You, you have to build that, and everyone's different, and you, you have to have a plan and be ready for that because it is really tough. But I can tell you right now, I agree with what you – this is a long answer to what you asked. Yes, I think of anything, corn has um, a fair amount of upside potential here unless it just goes perfect from start to finish, which isn't likely. And, uh, and, and when the funds, you know, get out and had their fill on the short side, it's likely they're going to flip to a long position. That's a lot of contracts they're going to buy. You, you spark that with, you know, maybe some hot, dry weather somewhere. China's buying a bunch of corn. It could be a lot of things. The dollar drops, whatever it is. Um, might be something we can't even imagine right now that sparks a corn rally. Uh, it, it, it will happen, but you, you better have a, a plan or it's going to it's gonna leave you frustrated as well because you'll end up selling early and leaving 20, 30 cents on the table. And that feels just as bad as not having anything sold and watching corn go lower every day like we've been for the last couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the other side of that, the flip side of, of, of that, you know, with, with the China talk that we've talked about, whether it's corn or whatever else, with the uh, African swine uh, fever issue that we've seen out there, the demand for protein that they have in China right now is is as high as it's ever been, and they filled that with pork. Well, they've lost, you know, estimates up to 40% of their, of their, pork, uh, <clears throat> of their pork herd that's out there right now. So, in my opinion, the next best thing out there that's got a really good potential upside, um, just because of the numbers that are out on the market, is, is beef. So, talk about the cattle market and what you see happening there. Yeah, well, the cattle, uh, cash cattle are, are, uh, have been fairly strong in here, holding their own. We're past the point where we typically have a seasonal top. And, and some of that's because of the horrible weather that we've had, uh, you know, all winter long and start spring out here. Um, it just too much snow, too much rain, horrible feeding conditions. Um, the funds are loaded up. Essentially, they're record long in cattle. Uh, and the cattle market has been leaking a little bit. Uh, we just opened. We're kind of unchanged in here. Um, I could see a little bit of a break in, in cattle, but I think it's going to be temporary. Um, and, and, you know, quietly, I think that the, the beef market has had a lot of support from pork. You know, you're, you're not at record highs, but uh, you had a, a $20 run straight up in basically a month. And in, in hog, pork prices have just skyrocketed. You know, obviously that's pretty well publicized with what's happened uh, and, and is happening in China. And they've been major purchasers of, uh, of U.S. pork. But absolutely, poultry as well as uh, beef um, are, are going to, in the long run, benefit a little bit from this surge higher uh, in, in pork. Um, you know, God forbid we ever get that here. A lot of people are saying it's not yeah. It's not if, it's when. Um you know, I know, and I know there's lots of diligence being, uh, uh, you know, put out right now, security-wise, biosecurity-wise, to prevent that. But uh, it's just, it's a scary thing out there because there's no real uh, fix to it that they found yet. Uh, obviously, it's ongoing in Asia and spreading. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vietnam has it. Uh, you know, it's kind of kind of spreading 
with Asia as the bullseye, yeah. and uh, hopefully it doesn't it doesn't come here. But uh, so you know, I do think longer term beef is pretty well supported. Um, I think if this continues and China continues to buy U.S. pork, that uh, you're, you're likely eventually going to see uh, you know all time record high uh, hog and pork prices here domestically. That's going to breed expansion. Um, not only here, but other parts of the world, that increases feed demand. So, uh, and even China, when when they get that figured out or slows down a little bit, they're going to repopulate. Um, they're going to go on a buying spree here. When that happens, um, you know, ramp up their meal uh, usage and their corn usage. So the back end of this is going to be you're going to be good um, for demand on the grain and, and you know corn and, and meal side. It's, it's going to be good for pork prices. Obviously, it has been. I know. I think that's going to continue to support us, and it's going to spill over and help support, you know, the poultry and the and the beef markets as well. So, it's uh, it's an unprecedented thing, and you can't. It, there's. I was telling somebody last week. You can't just go back and say, well, you know, the last time this happened, hog prices went here, and it affected cattle like this. It's first time, and uh, some screwy things can happen, but. It's uh, at least breathed a, a, a big uh, revival into the U.S. Uh, pork market and, and pork industry uh, in basically a matter of a month. We went from essentially contract lows to, um, you know, looking to potentially challenge all-time highs. Yeah, the, the, man, there for a while, I felt sorry for the pork producer, man. They, they couldn't catch a break there for a while. Now they're... Now they're getting a nice rebound, so it's. Uh, and I think that's a perfect correlation to, to like corn and beans, what we've been talking about in wheat. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's uh, that was known. It wasn't like just one morning we woke up and we knew that this uh, African swine fever uh, was in China. Wait, that was old news, right. and and you knew it was bad, and there was talk they're going to lose 20, 30, uh, up to forty percent, and just and hogs went down every day, and it's like what is, you know. What is going on here? It doesn't make sense. And it, it doesn't make sense until, uh, and nobody can predict exactly what day it's going to matter. Yep. Uh, but someday it, it will matter. And, and it will matter in corn that we're on contract lows, we're stimulating demand. And then all of a sudden it's going to be a spark and it will matter. And you're going to have a nice rally. But to right now, it just, uh, it, it, it's not always, we sit here and we talk about it, you know, whatever, the dollar, the, the demand, the weather, planting. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a shot in the dark uh, and you just have to follow price mm -hmm. and price will tell you. And that's hard to do. It's really hard to do because your brain just wants to justify, well, we're planting corn. Well, the weather's good. You know, we can't rally the the two-week forecast is perfect and the corn's in the ground and that's when it will happen um, is yeah. when it looks the most negative and like this massive corn crop's coming, all of a sudden corn will start rallying um, for no reason, for no apparent reason but uh, it, it will rally nonetheless. So the, the other side is coming and will get brighter but yeah. right now it looks pretty bleak. Well, that's what happens when you got guys trading corn that probably don't even know what corn looks like and then they're just they're the ones controlling the marketplace and, and making all that yeah. happen. So it's it's a, uh, like you said, but it all comes back to having that plan. You know what I mean? Having your having your ducks in a yeah. row. And when you got, when it's time to go, it's time to go. When it's time to stay, it's time to stay. So it's it's a, uh, it, it's it's a never evolving thing. So Chip, if guys want to reach out to you, talk about a plan or, or work on show or have you helped them through something they might already have, how would they do that? 
Yeah, best way is just uh, just give us a call at the office, 309-550-7213. Uh, guys getting busy now. Uh, weather's starting to straighten up. And uh, the markets oftentimes are the first thing to get pushed to the to the uh, back burner. And, um, and, and oftentimes, not that planning and, and, you know, the agronomic side isn't important. Obviously, that's important. But, you know, uh, that, that's, the, that's the supply side. The, the revenue side uh, is easy to uh, lose sight of uh, and, and lose focus on when you're planting in the field. But uh, the next two, three weeks could get uh, really interesting in these markets. So if you need some help, you need a second opinion, uh, we're, we're low pressure, give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. Right on. All right, Chip. Hey, good talking with you. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week and have a good rest of this one, buddy. Hey, you too. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Uh, thanks. thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. Find us here Move